Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast that seems to be as never-ending and agonizing as life itself. <laughs> My partner... In this aberration, this personal affront to God is Whoa. James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And James, why are we up this early in the morning again? I love how this has been upgraded from minor annoyance to affront to God. Like what we we really seem to have taken a sharp sharp turn somewhere along the line, but I am I am here for it. Uh, it is six in the morning. On Tuesday. Do you know where your children are? You know where they are? They're in bed, sleeping. You know where your podcast hosts are? They're here, trying to entertain you. And James, I have viewer mail this week that proves we have entertained at least three people within the last seven days, and I could not be more proud. Was this three separate pieces of viewer mail, or was this three viewers collaborating on one piece of mail? <laughs> no, this is three separate pieces although may, no it's not the same piece of mail with three signatures i don't know if the three of them got together and hatched a diabolical plan to make it seem like we have more viewers than judy b but we did get three separate pieces of mail this week are you are you talking about physical mail emails or are these like random youtube comments that you're making a big deal about Oh, these are random YouTube okay, comments, so we, but I consider it the same. So, because we have announced on this show, and by we, I mean me, because you don't look at any of the comments because you know they'll be scathingly against the Breakwell. But uh, I look at them all because they're all very complimentary of me and say things like, you need a different partner, you need a better partner, you need a partner that's alive inside, all of those things that you would expect. But uh, we got three uh, kind of funny pieces of mail this week. Okay, so to be clear, we got zero pieces of mail. That just let's just get that out of here. Three or zero emails, three comments. So uh, we're on the same page. So please proceed. You know, James, this is why people always just dunk on you. It's because <laughs> you're negative Nelly coming in here. You're like Eeyore strolling slowly through the door, and I'm trying to be like Tigger. Trying to liven it up here at 6 in the morning on a Tuesday, not even freaking bright out yet. But uh, I have three pieces of comments <laughs> that random people left under one of our YouTube videos this week. Okay, please please proceed. <sighs> I don't even know if I want to. I mean, you have drained the life, the very soul out of me. Not that this show wasn't soul-sucking enough. Not that getting up at 2.45 in the morning on a Tuesday wasn't soul-sucking enough. And not that talking to you, the first human being I've seen or talked to today, is soul-sucking enough. But now I have to put up with Breakwell Attitude, the Breaktude, as we call it over here in Nashville. But uh, I am going to enter my own little zone of happiness and read our viewer mail. And I'm going to call it viewer mail, despite everything you're doing to poop all over my point here. In fact, I need you to cover your ears because you don't deserve this, James. <laughs> I just want to say that the post office is going to be very upset by your blatant misrepresentation of what is and is not mail. 
<sighs> well, would you consider email to be mail? I would not. Okay, well, that's because you have standards that are unachievable by the current human condition. I got a, I got a real simple method for you. If it takes a stamp, it is mail. Uh-huh. If it doesn't take a stamp, it's it, it, literally anything else in the world, it, it is not mail. So, like, for example, if you have a glass of milk on your table, there's no stamp. That is not mail. You see a horse in a pasture, <laughs> there's no stamp on it. It's not mail. A comment oh under God. a YouTube video, if there's no stamp on oh it, God. it's not mail. I have three things that people wanted to bring to Steve's attention. Okay. And I know they didn't say this overtly, but the undercurrent is don't let Breakwell hear any of this because he doesn't deserve our accolades. I know what the viewers are saying. Susan Bennett, who I have named on this show before because she is, uh, we got two of the OGs that are represented here. Neither is Judy P, by the way. No. She usually gives our props on Twitter. But uh, Susan Bennett writes, thanks again, gentlemen, for the great humor. And uh, let me give one piece of context sidebar real quick. If you remember last week, I talked about the coyotes coming around and me driving home uh, to see my wife standing in a field holding a rifle. So that was the context for these comments. Thanks again, gentlemen, for the great humor. I sure needed the laughs today. I'm pretty sure she means gentle man talking to me. I'm waiting with bated breath. She used the wrong form of bated, but I will forgive her because she is OG to hear all about the yote tail or tail. She used both forms there to be funny. Well done, Susan Bennett. Next week, you rock. Actually, she said you too rock, but I omitted the unnecessary word there because she's only talking to me. Well, I would like to point out that only one of us has not grammar-shamed one of our only three commenters, so (laughs) (laughs) one, she'll never comment again, and two, you are an awful person, and thank you for reducing our viewership from three down to two. Uh, I'm going to shame even more for an egregious oh. error in this one. But <laughs> what is? Do you you wonder you wonder why we have a viewership of zero, and then you go and do things like this? You just aggressively punish them. They've already been punished enough by watching or listening to us, and then you. This is double jeopardy, Steve. They have suffered enough. Well, TD Soft writes. <laughs> this is a funny comment. And I'll circle back to the shaming when I'm done with the comment, because the funny part is after the shameful part. So I'm going to read it properly first, and then I'll come back around and tell you what he wrote. These people, they're gonna, you know what? We're gonna have, we're gonna have thumbs down on our videos, Steve. All right, it's such a little close corner of happiness. Like we're too small to have trolls. It's just, it's just a land of positivity and good vibes, inhabited by two to three people. And you are bringing in all the negativity, and suddenly we are going to get just a wave of downvotes. YouTube is going to bury us, ban us from the platform it's probably going to come and burn down our houses all thanks to you but please continue on with your with whatever you're going to do here to ruin our lives you know if you had your druthers he would turn off the comments and i wouldn't have hours of endless entertainment reading these well you do read pretty slowly so it does not it would not shock me at (laughs) all if it took you hours to get through this do you do the thing where you use your finger and you mouth the words (laughs) while you're reading it like i do well, I mean, we're we're like seventy five percent of the way through this podcast, and you have made it through one comment. So let's let's not talk about reading speed here. I got two to go. I'm only thirty three percent. All right, TD Soft writes. 
We need to resurrect Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. James could be Marlon Perkins, sitting next to his laptop narrating. Steve is Jim Fowler, getting dry-humped by any matter of flora and fauna on Rattlesnake Ranch. Except he didn't write Jim Fowler. He wrote Jim Palmer, Hall of Fame pitcher from the Baltimore Orioles. And I thought, well, that's not really accurate. I'm a lefty. Jim Palmer is a righty. I'd be more of a Scott Cuellar, Scott McGregor kind of guy. But whatever. But getting dry humped by all the flora and fauna. This is what our fans think of me, James, and my life on Rattlesnake Ranch. I uh, I failed to understand every reference in that comment, except for dry humped. <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to take away from that one. I'm guessing TD Soft is about my age, and his brain just auto-corrected with Jim Palmer instead of Jim Fowler. But I will say, somebody further down the comment thread corrected him to Jim Palmer. I mean, to Jim Fowler. So I'm not the only one shaming the YouTube commenters. Terry Seaving did a little of that for me right there in front of God and everyone online. Man, our comment section of five people has just become a cesspool of hate and backbiting. <laughs> what, what have you done, Steve? Well, the last one is from our other OG. The OG, an OG from the YouTube segment of our show, Menachem Solomon, who comments almost every week. But he wrote, he at first began by scolding us. He said, all right, you two. You've both been just about as wrong this week as I've ever Ooh. seen you being wrong before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I kind of buckled in, brace for impact <laughs> on this one. <laughs> you know how these affect me, James. I really like the idea of Mrs. Steve on the phone with her father, waiting for the good doctor to come home with a big rifle in her hands. She says she's aiming at the coyotes. <laughs> and then there is... A rather ominous ellipsis that ends this statement, James. So I think the implication there is she was waiting, and several people on social media pointed this out. It may not have been the coyotes that she was waiting for as I drove up. Well, if she was aiming for you, her aim is as bad as yours, because I can't help but notice you are still alive. Uh, I did <laughs> receive multiple videos of you and your arsenal, you know, just lined up on the porch, <laughs> waiting to annihilate your coyote foes and let me just let me just speculate here that yeah. after the hours and hours you spent out there staking out this scene after all the the weapons and bullets and everything you assembled probably all the shots you fired i'm gonna guess the final casualty count of how many coyotes you slayed with this huge technological advantage setting a trap where they're just standing out there unsuspecting with no way to fire back i am guessing that you killed approximately 0, 0.0 coyotes I appreciate that you laid all that out in a text message to me <laughs> as soon as I mentioned to you that I was going to be out waiting for the coyotes. And uh, as much as it pains me to admit, you were correct in your prognostication, James Breakwell. In fact, Mrs. Steve spent the entire week kind of tracking the coyotes' movements, writing down date, place, and time where the coyotes were, so we both knew where to set up. And uh, we set up a trail cam... Uh, to kind of capture other movements of coyotes, maybe toward dusk or maybe toward daybreak. And we had it narrowed down to a very specific window. Long story short, I spent five hours sitting perfectly still watching these places and got nothing because the coyotes never appeared. 
Several deers appeared. It's turkey season. Several turkeys appeared, but I didn't have a bow and arrow. I had a gun, and you can't shoot a turkey with a gun during bow and arrow season. So nature set out to mock me. And furthermore, this was Saturday. Sunday morning I got up. I'm in my underpants making coffee, and I see a coyote brazenly trotting across the yard. So by the time I got the rifle, stepped out onto the porch, still in my underpants, by the way, I'm wearing nothing but underpants and uh, my glasses because I got to be able to see through the scope. The coyote had kind of crested the hill going the other direction, and all I could see was his ears, and I did squeeze off a shot but I didn't hit anything because there was not a lot to shoot at. It did get Mrs. Steve's attention that I was shooting off the porch without her knowing at about 6.30 in the morning. And uh, when she came out, James, I can only imagine it was a sight to behold. And I probably made her swoon. It was like a calendar photo. Are we sure that whoever unwisely sold you a weapon actually sold you a real gun and not like a toy pop gun? Like, this guy is obviously going to hurt himself and others, but definitely not wildlife. So perhaps we just give him a toy to make him think he's doing something, uh, when reality, it's just, it's all for show. I, it kind of reminds me, this is like a, a Looney Tunes episode, like the coyote and the roadrunner, but the, the situation reversed, you know the coyote is never going to get the roadrunner. It's just, it's just never going to happen. It would end the show, but the roles reversed here. You are the predator and they are the prey and they're just going to keep outsmarting you. Your traps are going to keep falling back on you. You're going to waste all your money at Acme and at the end of it, you're going to have, you know, 75 episodes going nowhere, which is a pretty good description of this podcast in general. I feel like the guys that do that reality show from Oak Island. Okay. It's just a whole, whole academic endeavor into nowhere. That's my thing. Sunday, I was out for three hours sitting perfectly still, watching where I thought the coyotes were. And here's what I learned, James, that uh, they ain't where you think they are. Because on the highway going by after about two hours, a police car, or an ambulance, something went by with its siren going, it was at the exact pitch that the coyotes howl. And so when that thing went by, all the coyotes lit up and they started yipping and howling. And they were on the complete opposite side of the property. So I moved over there and they still didn't come out. It was, uh, it was a bad weekend, James. If you ever, like, if you, if you, by some miracle, fire in the complete mm. wrong direction and the bullet circles the mm. earth and accidentally hits something, like, what what then? <laughs> like, do you think you're going to hit one coyote and they're all going to flee? Or you think they're going to band together for revenge? Like, how does this play out in your mind? <laughs> I haven't thought that far through. I'm still just trying to get one of them to send a very strong message to the rest of them to not eat our turkeys because we have no poults this year. Uh, there are no baby turkeys. We saw a couple earlier in the year, and now none. It's just adult turkeys wandering around with that thousand-yard stare, just uh, going in circles, looking at the sun. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you hate turkeys, do you not? I do. You do. You I hate do. turkeys. So these coyotes are doing the good job of controlling the animal you hate the most. And then your response well, is to try to kill the coyotes. <laughs> but turkeys make good eating, James. You understand? Like, it's free protein walking around my yard. I just have to figure out how to kill them. Because the turkeys... I, all the animals are a bunch of miscreants, as far as I'm concerned, James. 
and they're all, they, they think they can outsmart me, but in the end, I am going to rise victorious. I don't know what it's going to take yet, but it's going to happen. You mark my words. So I think the source of all your unhappiness is that you keep looking outside. You have these windows and you see these things walking around and it fills you with longing or dread or I don't know what emotion is going through you now. But I think what you need to do is close the blinds and turn inward. And by inward, I mean just watch some TV. Just watch something that doesn't make you want to shoot other things and just leave the animals be. Okay, there's a balance going on here. The coyotes are controlling the turkeys. The turkeys are scaring away the deer. There is equilibrium out there, and you are trying to disrupt this with your random shots. You are, you are the animal plunked down out of space. You are what doesn't belong here. <laughs> I think we, we found the problem. It is, it is you. <sighs> well, speaking of problems, let me make an announcement Ooh. here, too, before we move on. That... Uh, Anybody can write about relationship problems to us for the other podcast because 10 minutes to save your marriage, the one coming up right now, the next one that you see will be our 200th episode of 10 minutes. And we need viewer questions, James, or listener for that one. But uh, 10 minutes, 200 episodes old. I think we started that one in 2018. It was about a year after we started this one. And, uh, those numbers are way behind because we only do a show when we have questions and we don't always have questions. Uh, this show keeps going because we hate ourselves and each other. <laughs> but that show would keep going because we get quite a few listeners and downloads for that one. Uh, they're almost neck and neck, even though we've done about 100 more shows of this uh, podcast than the other one. But we've had well over 300,000 downloads for both. Do you know how many hours of your voice are floating out there in the ethos, James? That is depressing for everyone involved. But I will say, <laughs> we, are, we are our own worst enemies for 10 minutes to save our marriage. Because that's 200 questions we solved completely and absolutely yeah. just just you know blasted them off the face of the earth no problem anymore your life is now perfect and then everybody <laughs> listening to that who had a similar problem also had that problem solved yep. so we yep. have basically fixed relationships in the world and now we're sitting here like how come nobody nobody's sending us in problems it's, there are no more problems we we solved it all so a uh, good job for us we put ourselves out of a job uh which is probably okay because it didn't pay anything anyway that's true. And I, I will also add uh, the caveat. If you listen this week, there's a twist that has never happened before that has deepened and intensified my hatred of James Breakwell. Can it deepen and intensify something that's already at the maximum level? Well, it's now burning white hot with the intensity of a thousand suns. I guess, let me, and I'm almost afraid to ask this, but give, give me the hierarchy here of enemies of Steve. And I need you to, you know, <laughs> you got deer, coyotes, turkeys, me, life in general, um, you know, rattlesnakes, uh, financial mismanagement, uh, you know, asphalt <laughs> and slopes. I mean, you've got a lot of enemies out there, gravity in general. Where do I rank in this hierarchy of your enemies? <laughs> You know what's impressive? You did that off the top of your head, and it was pretty good. It was pretty <laughs> thorough. It was, it was out of order, but just, you just kept having one more. You were like a Pez dispenser of Steve's misery. <laughs> I don't know where you rank, but it's got to be top five, maybe top three, James, Ooh. because you keep pulling me into this podcast every week. I think maybe if I just lay low, he'll forget, and then I get your text. When are we going to record this week? <laughs> 
and then I tell you our usual time, and then you get angry. I do. I believe you said this week, if I may quote James Breakwell, you are literally the worst person in the world. I, I don't know how that's possible, knowing that you're walking the earth, too. But this is the exchanges. People want to know what happens behind the scenes. This is what happens when we text each other. Yeah, it is not a warm, fuzzy exchange <laughs> at all, but it's good It's good to know. See, I, I let you know on my list where you rank right, right away. With you, there's some ambiguity, so I got to know who's beating me. Who is, who is above me on this hierarchy? Because I feel like I'm not living up to my full potential. I would say that uh, you can kind of consolidate all of Rattlesnake Ranch under one broad heading, the curse <laughs> okay. of Rattlesnake Ranch. But of all the animals, the most evil, and I don't know if I've talked about these a whole lot, but it's the blackbirds, the crows. What? Man, they will attack anything. Their calls kind of make the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. They're loud, and uh, they attack the hawks. We have red-tailed hawks that come in. And uh, you'll see one zipping across the skyline with one or two blackbirds, like, flying right on its tail, pecking at it while it's trying to escape. Those things are freaking evil. And they kind of, they assemble around the feeder also. They don't take on the deers because they're outweighed about 200 to 1. But they'll go after the turkeys sometimes. The blackbirds are truly evil. So curse blackbird and breakwell, they both start with a B, which is the second letter of the alphabet, which makes them in second place. I, I would say that you and the blackbirds are about equal on the evil scale. And then uh, right below them are, is the Turquino Crime Syndicate. We have done, what, 300 episodes of this podcast, and like 295 Almost, yeah. of them have been about your ranch. And in <laughs> all that time where you've talked about everything wrong with your life and the world and all these other places, you have never once, not one time, mentioned blackbirds this is like we were watching some show and you're like in season 10 and they defeated the bad guy too early and like the writer's like well we need more ideas it's like actually this is the real <laughs> bad guy who's been behind the scenes the whole time even though there was nothing leading up to it and it was clearly just made up out of thin air like that's what you just did you just dropped in a, a final boss out of nowhere you're telling me the real bane of your existence is these birds that you've never mentioned before never shot at never complained about just out of nowhere that that's what you're going to go with I almost shot one just out of sheer boredom the other day, but I thought, I heard that these things remember faces, and when you mentioned before, are the coyotes that survive going to band together for revenge? My fear is that the blackbirds will do that. Ooh, actually, I just remembered the one that I hate the worst that you didn't even mention, which is the hornets. Those <laughs> legitimately scare me. I'm not that bothered by the rattlesnakes. They eat mice. They kind of keep to themselves. We have a bunch of other different breeds of snakes. They're fine. Uh, the deers are fine and they taste good. And uh, But the hornets, man, the hornets got to go. So when you say blackbirds, like you're not, I don't know if blackbird is a specific designation, but based on your description, you, you were talking about crows specifically. Uh, crows or ravens, I'm no. not sure. They're huge. They're, they're huge. There was a tweet that will clarify this for both of us. I oh, quoted right. it to my wife the other day, and she did not laugh, and you will not laugh you now because – Yes, because tweet? you can't – you know, it's like it's like trying to describe a meme to somebody. It's an old person thing. It's like you could just show them the meme, but no, it's like let me, let me describe in detail this meme that will make no <laughs> sense to you whatsoever just to prove that I am in fact 90 years old, and that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to describe okay. a tweet 
tweet I kind of remember. And it was, it was from an ornithologist or somebody ornithology adjacent. And they said, here's how to tell the difference between a crow and a raven. If you see uh, a blackbird and say, I wonder if that bird is a raven, it's a crow. And if you look at a bird and say, oh, my God, that is the biggest bird I have ever seen, then it's a raven. So you did not say that is the biggest bird you have ever seen, uh, including ostriches and emus. So they are crows. They are all crows. Everything you ever see anywhere is a crow. And ravens are like mythical animals that live somewhere far, far away (laughs) and probably are perched on a sorcerer's shoulder. Uh, These are damn big blackbirds if they are blackbirds. That's the only reason I'm leaning or I leaned at all toward Raven. It's like, like uh, I've seen crows. Like crows are in every suburb in America. These birds are more than double the size of a crow. You didn't. You didn't listen to the tweet I misquoted at all. Okay, you did not. Your reaction was not shock and awe. You, you did not wonder how a bird could possibly be this large. So it is a crow, <laughs> and crows are in fact very large, but they are not so large that you fear for the safety of yourself and others. It's just say it, it, it's a crow. You have misnamed them as generic blackbirds, which probably makes them hate you all the more. They do remember faces. They will seek revenge. Uh, and as for the wasps, I hope you take your gun solution that you fail with for every other animal and you. Apply Apply it to the hornets. You just start shooting at them randomly and see what happens. <laughs> it's like trying to defend a drone attack. <laughs> no, not the wasps. I don't mind the wasps, but you corrected yourself the second lap, and it is the hornets. The wasps are fine. They kind of do their own thing. The hornets' own thing is, like, aggressive against humans. I don't... You, but you go to such lengths to differentiate hornets from wasps when they're interchangeable in my mind. Jeez. But yet you just lump all black birds into... Just all black birds look the same to you. I don't, I don't get it. How can you be so callous with one thing and so specific with the other? I'm telling you, there is a marked size difference between a hornet and a wasp. And it's stupid how much bigger and uglier hornets are than wasps. And I, I am still, I'm, I believe what you misquote. I just don't know for sure that you are accurate in applying it to my situation. Yes, you and you alone have the one rural Tennessee property full of ravens. And everyone around you just has crows. You are the raven's nest right there. I would, you know, every time I've bet you money on anything I've lost, and I've also, I don't think, ever paid you. Maybe once I paid you. But I would bet, I would bet upwards of a dollar that you do not have a raven on that property. They are mere common crows and that you are putting on airs of grandeur for these these regular garbage birds that everybody has everywhere else. Oh, I don't even know how to prove it one way or the other. <laughs> I would gladly take your bet because I have nothing to lose. You already owe me a dollar from something. You did pay up. I think you've lost twice and you've paid up once. That, that sounds so. about, about like my, my accuracy rate on that. So here is what... <laughs> I want you to go and take pictures of these completely ordinary crows, and I want you to post them on Twitter, and then everyone can tell you those are crows, and then that will cancel out my $1 debt, and I will be even. The burden will be lifted from my life. Uh, you want me to have one like holding a dime for scale? Like, how, how do you want to do that? I don't know how to scale it's, these things at a distance. It's the internet. They will instantly know that you're wrong. That's what the internet no. exists for. Just take the picture, make it as blurry or as clear as you want, post it on there, and they will be like, clearly that is not a raven because it's not blotting out the sun. Well, clearly this show has to end at some point, and dear God, let it be now. Mm. 
We got to get out of here. Breakwell's exasperated by his own uh, inaccuracy when it comes to identifying birds. I am sitting on the catbird seat, just uh, like the cat that ate the canary and wishing I was a cat that could shoot a coyote. But in the meantime, until we meet again, this is Steve, the hunter. Olivas for James, the critic Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.